mentality rise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening everybody and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for Come On Kind with myself Martin Quilty and my co-host is always here Anya Fahey. Hi Anya. Hi, how are we? We are okay now this evening. We are on episode 22 though, which is great. We are on season two and we have a lot to discuss coming up in the podcast later on between the e-seniors, intermediates, uh, everything that's going on in the world of Camogie as well with changes to management uh, structures and programmes, etc. But first, uh, it was a big weekend for the Leinster finals in the Puck Fada and the week before we obviously had the Puck Fada finals in Kilkenny where Noel's Murphy from Lisdowney was the winner out in Gorn Park Racecourse and went on to represent Kilkenny in the Puck Fada finals which took part in nine stones on Mount Leinster Rangers over the weekend and if I push this button here I should be saying that I am delighted to be joined on the phone by Noel Murphy. Noel are you there? Hi Martin, how are you? We great now, yourself? Not too bad, not too bad, thanks for having me. Good, good, you're not at all, you're more than welcome. It was a hectic and wet day uh, at the weekend from what I can gather. Uh, we were just listening to Tommy Murphy on uh, with Sinead there uh, earlier on through the other studio um, and it was tough conditions that was in the Pogfada finals. But you were there representing Kilkenny uh, and we are pleased to announce that you actually came second. So uh, a fantastic achievement. So congratulations to yourself on the uh, the second place. Thank but uh, tell us how the day went. Uh, what exactly did it entail being up on Mount Leinster Rangers and taking part in the Leinster Puck Fada finals? Yeah, I suppose the conditions were definitely against us. Um, I suppose a lot of people in here Puck Fada, you know, it's bait the ball as far as you can. And that was the case in Goran Park. But that was not the case in Nine Stones on Saturday. It was actually very tactical. Um, you had to be able to read the wind and, you know, what way the path was going and keeping it on the path. Um, so it was very, very technical. Um, and as we said, the weather conditions were definitely not in our favour. So yeah. it took me 50 shots to do it. Um, and, yeah, just watching the flight of the wind because if you made one bad shot, the ball would have been carried out over the mountain and you would have been in right hot water. So, look, I'm just delighted with the achievement. Um, I suppose it struck me putting on the jersey that morning. You know, it's great to put on a Kilkenny jersey and represent your county. So, it's something I'll definitely cherish. Yeah, you have been... Uh on goal for Kilkenny previously as well uh, wearing the black and amber jersey so it was great to put it back onto the body I suppose uh, again and represent Kilkenny once more I suppose just to let everyone know as you said it is slightly different when it gets to um, the, the Leinster finals and I did say Mount Leinster Rangers but it was actually in Mount Leinster uh, yeah. that you were not in the GAA club um, each participant gets three slitters uh, when they're going out to take part in the course and the course is obviously set so you have your markers everything else and as you said it's very tactical you have to know kind of where to hit the ball 
predict the wind to see exactly where it's going because it's obviously out of bounds but then if you lose your slitters you're obviously taking extra shots then uh, because you have to buy in slitters to be able to keep participating or that's it your your turn is over so it's uh, it's slightly different but uh, as you said very tactical um, and your neighbour from Carlo Tracy McNally who was the previous winner back in 2018 uh, she actually came away uh, as the champion um, and as you said you took it in 50 shots so do you know what uh, Tracy's shot count was um, from what I can gather I think she was 47 but I can't I can't swear to that now ok so there wasn't um, much between the two of you then when it came to the end of it no no um, I suppose like Tracy would have probably done that course a few times you know so she definitely had the upper hand but Jesus she's a very very skillful woman you know I was watching her striking the ball and everything was very tactical you know not one went astray so definitely you know should be somebody I'll watching and taking something from. Yeah, I think actually Carlos Finals was actually taking part on Mount Leinster. Now, whether it was the same course or not, um, I can't say for definite. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's tough terrain. It's a bit like Hoth used to be uh, up in Dublin when they used to have the, the finals up there as well. But nevertheless, you still, as you said earlier, got to represent Kilkenny in the puck for the finals. Came second, it wasn't to be. I suppose it's a bit disappointing, though, from your point of view. And myself and you might chat about this uh, shortly as well. Is I've heard on the result that the winner which was Killian Phelan from Kilkenny so well done to Killian Clara man so uh, Teresa Elward will be very happy with that out there as well but the yeah. winner and the runner up actually goes forward to the finals in the Cooley Mountains and it's only the winner in the Camogie section that actually gets to go forward so while it's great to come second it's a pity that you can't actually go further then on to the, uh, the finals in the Cooley Mountains Yeah I suppose that was something that was weighing in heavily on me uh, for the last day or two, you know, I was disappointed that I wasn't going forward. But, you know, it's an incentive for next year to go out with Kilkenny and go hard for it, to, for hard for it again, you know, if it's meant to be. Um, but, you know, Killian, Jesus, he's a very skillful man as well. He did it in 40 shots. And I was talking to him and I was kind of following what he was doing. So fair play to Killian for his guidance with me. Um, but, yeah, no, look, it is disappointing. I I believe it's nine that go through, uh, one from each province, and then there's a wild card, and so I'm not really sure how to make up the nine, but I am aware it's the four that only go through, which is disappointing. Yeah, well, it, it is a pity on that, but uh, look, nevertheless, it's not going to take away from the fact that you came second in a Leinster final as well, which is... Uh, nothing to be ashamed of it's a great achievement uh, for yourself and it was great that you were the county champion as well winning it in Gordon Park on the Thursday before that uh, as well so look I suppose you now have the uh, the year to look forward to um, with Liz Downey when the, the club championships and that start back as well so you're going to be looking forward to the, the season ahead absolutely yeah well, that was nice and short. Noel is not giving away much information uh, on Liz Downey yet, but have no doubt that we'll probably be chatting to herself uh, through the year and when it comes to it. But from all of us here on Come On Kind, Noel, congratulations on the uh, the second place in the Leinster final. And I have no doubt that you'll be gunning back there now for next year to take Tracy's spot and go forward up to the Cooley Mountains and hopefully into an all Ireland final.
thanks a million, guys. No bother. That was Take no. Care. That was Noel Murphy there from Lisdowney, of course, the Kilkenny Puck Father uh, champion uh, representing Kilkenny at the weekend in Mount Leinster on uh, Nine Stones. Um, and as we said earlier, Anya, good news for our neighbours. We have been wanting a good news story for the Carlow women. Uh, we got it in two lots over the weekend because they won their intermediate game, which we will get to later on. But the fact that Tracy McNally, who was the champion back in 2018, also won it again. She was the Carlow champion as well, which is great to have the neighbours represented. And uh, Tracy will now go forward to the finals in the Cooley Mountains. Yeah, it certainly was. And, you know, a great achievement for her, a great achievement for Noel. And I believe it was a leash girl who actually came in, in third place there so you know the surrounding counties really doing very well in that um, you know it is a massive achievement for every player that comes out of their county to get into a long puck and I suppose it was very interesting there to hear how it was actually run you know Noelle is right I would have presumed it was just like bait the ball as far and as long as you can but you know interesting to see exactly what it is like when it, it comes to Leinster Championship it's a it's a massive achievement for Noelle and it surely is a massive achievement for Tracy as well to, you know to win it back in 2018 um, and now to go on and do it again and we wish her the very very best of luck in the All-Ireland Puck Fada Yeah we listened to Tommy uh, on the phone there with Sinead when he was talking about it as well and as Sinead said like it's not the case of when you go to Gordon Park Racecourse you have one slitter it's a kilometre course I think and you go and you bait the ball as far as you can in the less shots that you mm-hmm. can I think the Kilkenny Puck Father final was one in eight shots or something in the, the kilometre like which was great but you're looking at Killian mm. Phelan who was winning the, the Puck Father in Gordon as well like in a hell yeah. of a lot than 40, uh, 40 shots so it just goes to show that the terrain is not the probably the best under force you have to be careful yeah. out of bounds come into it um, but the Puck Father is a, a fantastic event um, we know that Martin Donnelly is sponsoring it with many years as well yeah. he's the backbone behind it we know that Tom Ryan is there another great man from Dublin he was one of the head stewards in Crow Park he's behind it as well um, but it's great that the Camogie and the GAA all come together but it's a bit tarnished mm-hmm. to be fair when Noel said it as well that you have the winner and the runner up from the GAA section going forward to the Cooley Mountains and it's only the winner from the Camogie section that goes forward then as well we don't know why we're trying to find that out um, at the minute to see what the reason or the rationale is behind it but if you're Noel Murphy you're a little bit peed off when you find out that your counterparts your male counterparts uh, when you come second is going to represent your county and your province in the finals mm-hmm. and the Camogie women don't get that chance yeah it's the same age old story really isn't it again you know the men the men can go off and they can have you know X amount of players going in and the Camogie unfortunately can't um, and I suppose this is probably something that unfortunately as a female sports person that we're, you're nearly you're you're used to now at this stage you're nearly resigned to yeah, you are you know you're resigned to the fact and no matter what you can say it's, it's not going to change the situation it's very it would, you would obviously obviously be very disappointed for Noelle and I'm sure she's disappointed herself knowing that you know she came in second and to be with three or four shots off the winner yeah. and, you know not getting the opportunity to you know progress and go on further because it is quite short lived like when you think about it, she was doing it in Kilkenny on the Thursday and then she was going to uh, going Mount to Lenster do the Leinster Championship on the yeah. Saturday you know it's it's very very short lived for her um, and this is not bad mouthing or giving no, bad press it's not. just highlighting mm-hmm. the fact that there is an equality there at the minute that the case is not for both 
both the female and the male that's doing the exact same in the puck fodder for mm-hmm. the Leinster to go forward as well. I mean, we see on the news and all over social media, the GPA, the Pride March, that everyone was yep. walking behind the banner. They're all on about inclusivity and yep. equality and mm-hmm. the whole lot. But I mean, you can't put it into practice, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're going along with doing that in the Pride Parade and then on the other side of it, on Mount Leinster Rangers, uh, you know, yeah, you have something like that going on. No, you can't. And you know what? For the sake of four extra people um, being able to partake in an All-Ireland, wouldn't it be a lot better? Wouldn't there be a lot more competition? There'd probably be a lot more awareness to it as well. Um, You know, I think it it is very, very disappointing. And, you know, you're dead right. Like we're kind of looking at Pride Rounds and Pride Month and, you know, trying to get everybody involved and making sure that everybody's aware that, you know, Camogie is such, um, you know, a game that they want everybody to be involved in it and they include everybody and they don't, they don't have, think of anybody any differently and then you know kind of like a little slap in the face to say that only the top four women in the country can go through and yeah. you know there could be there could be as many they could have eight of them up there it would be really really good to see I can't see the Cooley Mountains being too badly affected by an extra four women going up and uh, baiting a slitter around the place um, it is it is a little bit unfair but again we're just going back to the age old story we can talk the talk and we can walk the walk but until we actually put into action and somebody puts into action you know we, we seem to be taking a step back further and further all the time and I've said this umpteen times and you'll be blue in the face from it now at this stage You would and we hate highlighting things like that mm-hmm. because as we said before the Camogie Association does tremendous work in yep. fairness there's new personnel gone in there as well and it was a great initiative to get the clubs and everyone involved yep. in marching at, at the Pride Parade uh, in Dublin on Saturday but talking about action we had a load of action that was going on at uh, the weekend and we're going to start with the Senior uh, Championship and it was only, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Group 2 games that was on this weekend because there was a break. Um, and the main one that was streamed live on the Camogie Association was Galway and Antrim. Uh, that was on in Dunloy as well. And to your uh, predictions uh, over last weekend as well you got them right so Galway did come away with the victory uh, 216 to 6 points albeit Antrim did put in a, a strong fight but there was a strong gale the wind the rain everything was howling in Dunloy it was a miserable afternoon up there but uh, a result that we kind of expected Yeah it's definitely a result we expected and I suppose it's just putting Galway back into cruise control there as well and I suppose listen we've spoken about Galway and Kilkenny in particularly in group 2 here that we always knew that they were going to be coming out on top and I know we sound like a broken record on this but you know it was expected there's there's no surprise there at all you know Galway are just you know they're getting through all their games and they're raking up extremely high scores as well if you look at it there at the moment certainly you know, are 1162 11, for you know colossal compared to Kilkenny's one of you know a 678 it's a massive scoreline you can see that there's a massive goal threat there for Galway as well which is something that Kilkenny are going to have to keep an eye on and I suppose when you have the quality of four there and the likes of Siobhan McGrath Orla McGrath Aylott O'Reilly you know these players Yeah Carrie Dolan yeah, did the freeze as well goal yeah. machines really so you know it is no surprise there that they're sitting quite comfortably there at the top of the table but again you know this to me the game of the weekend it's come this weekend and it's really going to see where Kilkenny and Galway are actually both at when they have 
and again, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be critical towards any of the other teams, but it'll give us a good idea of where the top two teams in the country are sitting at the moment. It will. Well, we'll get to the previews in a minute, but uh, before that, we have uh, the matter of the other two games in Group uh, Two, and the next one up was Limerick and Down. A huge win for Limerick in that one, two eleven to twelve points. I can't remember who I highlighted in the orange and the blue, but someone went for Limerick and someone went for Down. I think you actually went for Down, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you? Yeah, um, so I did. Paul, and I could so totally deny that. Right yeah, you here. could, Paul couldn't you? Here. Yeah. Um, no. no, Paula is unfortunately away at a game uh, this evening. But uh, yeah, I, I think the fact you were just kind of trying to put it on balance um, in with it as well. But a great win for Limerick, nonetheless, which lifts them off the bottom uh, of the table and actually puts them now in contention mm-hmm. for a quarter final spot that maybe they weren't even looking at a couple of weeks ago. No, it certainly is. It's like you know they really have kind of done a U turn. I suppose like. For Limerick, having two really tough games at the start of the championship against Galway and Kilkenny, they probably learned an awful lot from that. They probably ex- not nearly expected to be beaten in them, but they were probably looking at to get a good performance, knowing that if they get the good performance, get the tough games out of the way, that it would toughen them up. They become physically stronger, and they'd probably become a lot more intelligent with their use of the yeah. ball. Watching, you know, these top tier teams do it, and I suppose you know it, it all binds out to the last game of the the last game of the the round robin stages here it now. Does with for Limerick, and Andrew, yeah. which again is going to be another phenomenal game. But my God, what a result for Limerick! They really are, have done done so well like you know okay they've played four games they've lost two but they've won two but they can hold themselves very high like they were beaten by a, they, they were beaten by Galway and Kilkenny and you know if you're if that's all that's going to happen yeah and you're still they getting couldn't be to two of final. the worst games exactly. if you're looking at a team like you have the All-Ireland champions from last year the All-Ireland champions from the year before mm-hmm. the two teams have contested several All-Irelands in the yeah. last number of years like you and know, have to play them week after week yeah. like oh god it was that'd be anybody's worst nightmare but listen they and really like they're after looking away. At yeah, exactly. You know. But they've done really, really well. They've learned an awful lot for it. And I suppose for a team that we probably really underestimate, I would have underestimated them, not going to lie. You know, they're sitting pretty there in third place and they've all to play for this weekend. Yeah, well, they certainly have. Which brings us to the last game in that group and it was Kilkenny and Offaly. Both of you did decide to go for us. Uh, it was a 3-18, I thought it was 3-18 to 2-7, but they actually have a 3-17 to 2-7 uh, on the official uh, score. Nonetheless, it was... Uh, I won't say it was pretty easy, but to be fair, uh, it probably was. All six forwards uh, got on the score sheet. Um, We were missing several players. Uh, I thought it was 3.18, yeah, as well, but obviously uh, the referee put it in differently. But I suppose the the damage was done really in the first half, that there was 12 unanswered points there from Kilkenny. They were playing with a good, strong breeze Mm -hmm. in the first half. And I heard you with Sinead as well on there earlier on, and you were talking with herself about Kilkenny's crisp, uh, the sharpness, Mm -hmm. uh, the passing. And as Sinead said, it was systematic. It yeah. really was like they were brilliant in the first half. Yeah, they certainly were. And I suppose, you know, Kilkenny are kind of come to terms with that they need to be putting teams to bed quite early on in the game. Um, and that's what they're doing. Like if you've got a team and you're going out and you're you're scoring 113 and you're only conceding a goal and a point. And let's be fair, the goal that was conceded was conceded in the latter stages, probably like maybe just took their eye off the ball there for a second it was a and poor let, goal yeah, to concede it was, it was a poor goal to concede let off Lee and got a score but you know you would have to say that Kilkenny and I know I mentioned it with Sinead earlier on I really do think they're coming right 
at the exact time that they need to. They're really but their character form. showed in the first yeah. half when that goal went in. Mm-hmm. They went straight down the opposite end of the field and got that twelve point lead back. They got a goal themselves. Yeah. And I was talking to Lillian here earlier on about that actually when you were talking to Sinead. And we felt that uh, you were talking about Katie Nolan with Sinead about it as well. Her confidence really grew into yeah. that game after she got that goal. Like you mentioned it to me beforehand that there was maybe a couple of chances in the game that she might have been popping over the bar mm-hmm. or looking for someone else and the ball was fumbled. But as soon as that goal went in, her confidence was just like a light switch flickered yeah. inside and she was a completely different person after it. She was. And you know what? Like I suppose like when it, the more I was thinking about it on Saturday at the game, like, yeah, okay, there was this fear. I was like, where's her confidence gone? You know, this, you know, isn't really the Katie that we're aware of. But then on the other side of that is she's really after evolving into a really good team yes. player. And I think that's what it actually boils down to. And yet when she listen, when she got that goal, she powered on. You could see the nearly the cheekiness and the bowlness coming back into her there. And you know, I think I think the one thing about Katie this year is she's really after maturing to another level and she's after taking a step up. She's becoming a massive team player. She's a huge asset to Kilkenny. She really is. Her work rate I find is really, really good as well. And listen, every and you, player, and let's be fair, you always have the time for the work rate and yeah. for the play that's not being selfish mm-hmm. okay there's times that you have to be yeah. but you like it when there's players that's bringing other players in around you that's in a better position to get the scores yeah. you know as we always say there's no I in team no. but yeah it, it was fantastic it was brilliant yeah no it was really really good to see and, and you know what I was delighted for her and I'm delighted to see her kind of getting a kickstart within, within intention like going into the Galway game next weekend another player who I thought is after doing so so well and I'm absolutely delighted to see as well is Aoife Prendergast playing a real captain's role there she's after instilling herself into that starting 15 lineup, and she's going from strength to strength and she's well able to pop up scores you know every now and again in a game she's got two two points from play there the other day and I think for a player who's so so young and you know probably a player that's really only after breaking into the scene this year like I've had the privilege of being involved in teams and coaching her and managing her and if you're looking for a player who has the best attitude in the world my god she is some captain to have because her attitude is absolutely amazing to it she's absolutely brilliant she's so positive you know she'll never let anything let her down and it's just great it's great to see her and I suppose it's great to see younger newer players coming to the fore as well Exactly disappointing that Mary O'Connell couldn't be put down as the starter for Mm -hmm. everything that was after going on after her sending off against Antrim we know that the player herself was very distraught during the week especially when the appeals process was coming through they decided against the appeals process but it was like someone was looking down on her from above they got a reprieval um, late I think on Thursday evening uh, maybe they lads or herself got it on Thursday but there was uh, issues uh, on technicalities etc mm-hmm. um, she got to play she came on made a difference as well and yeah. scored two fantastic points so that'll do her confidence the world of good Yeah it certainly will great to see her coming on and I suppose like she would have had a tough week in relation to the not knowing what way everything was going to go and you know I think for a player like that it's very very unfair like it could be mentally draining and we spoke about this on Saturday as well during the commentary it, it really is a bit it's a bit like hard on them like because they are trying to focus on you know their training and their nutrition and getting their rehab in and then you have this kind of lingering over your shoulder and it's, it's like a dirty cloud that you're trying to get away with so, and it's very unfair for a player to who's like let's be honest like 
okay, they're not professional athletes, but they train like professional athletes. But like still mentally, they should be able to focus on that and that only. And it's very unfair to ask a player to have to be worrying about that during the week. I know some people might think that's so small and trivial, but it's not like you have players that are giving their heart and their soul into their training with their team for three, four nights a week and they're doing everything they can to do it the best that they can. And to have that lingering over them, it can be absolutely draining for them. But you know what? Delighted she got on the second half, popped over two fantastic points. She's carrying on her form because she's yeah. in great form as well at the moment. But the fact in Camogie that, I mean, Sinead was talking to uh, Willie about the eye gouging incident earlier mm. on. Um, I mean, that's probably going to come with a hefty ban anyway. Yeah. And should, by yeah. right. Yeah, exactly it was. And I mean, that's for others to do is probably not for ourselves because we couldn't really talk about it all night. But I mean, uh, a GEA player can go out and probably headbutt somebody mm. uh, on a field in a moment of madness. And if the CCCC committee in the GEA decide that it's a one game ban or whatever, that's it. They get yeah. a one game ban, fit the punishment, done and dusted. If you get sent off in a camogie game, mm-hmm. it's a minimum of a two game ban, yeah. no matter what happens. Like, I mean, we're on about equality. We said this already about the puck mm-hmm. father, but I mean, the inequality and I, I won't say the stupidness of it, like, but how can you have something like that and punish a, a female for maybe a moment of madness that somebody was in her face as well and she just pulled back like Miriam did a couple of years ago in the quarterfinal against Portion Aids mm-hmm. uh, Wexford got sent off down in Parky Creek got a two match ban mm-hmm. for it out of a moment of madness like yeah. you know I mean it, it really doesn't seem fair to be at it Right no it doesn't seem fair to be honest but like I, I, I do have to agree and I suppose this is more so and I know we're not going to you know, I know it's not really for our place to be talking about it, but like um, I was listening to Colin Cooper on Sunday game last night and you know what? He's dead right. There has to be harsher penalties for, you know, offences that have been caused, like whether it be like, you know, on the field of play or halftime or tunnels, whatever the case may be. I actually think Camogie are probably in a better situation. They're probably doing a better job than the GA in the fact that, that they will try and enforce a two match ban. Like, instead so you of, think instead the deterrent is yeah, be- worse in exactly, Camogie, like that you're not Camogie, going to go out and do it? Probably for once, we're probably doing a better thing. But let's be fair and let's be realistic on it. Any of the any of the red cards or any of the offences that have happened in the in the hurling or in the Gaelic football so far this year. They've all been rescinded. They've all been turned over. <laughs> Near enough to so, it, yeah. to be honest with you, what was the point? What is the absolute point when you can say, right, I'm going to go out here, I'm going to absolutely decapitate this lad here, uh, beat him around with a stick for half an hour, get a red card, Asher Scrand, I'll be still able to play in an All-Ireland, <laughs> in an All-Ireland quarterfinal or semi-final next week. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's, well, they're, they're trying to enforce it, they're trying to be harsh, but they're not being harsh enough. Yeah, well, and I think that's a problem. Sinead Kyo has joined us, we're delighted to say, from uh, full-time with her studio inside uh, for the very first time with us here on Come On Kind. Sinead, you're, here. you're welcome into the madness of uh, Studio 2 here. Studio 1 to Studio 2. You've been listening to Anya there and uh, what she has to to say about it. So what's your take on it? Yeah, I do agree with Anya. Like, you know, if there is um, like, there has to be consequences for your actions and if there isn't consequences for your actions, what do you do? It's like a child. You go out and do it again. Mm -hmm. Do you know? So uh, I think that, um, I I tend to agree with Anya. Like, maybe you might think that the, um, 
you know, the repercussions in Camogie might be a little bit harsh, but they don't have the same problems as the GAA. You'll notice that and there's probably a reason for that, you know, in terms of discipline. Um, well, there's very few sending off in Camogie, to be fair. Yeah, and you never really see anything like that. You or mass brawls or anything. That, like, yeah. As long as I'm involved, I've never seen a mass no, brawl I in never, a Camogie. I can never even think of one incident where there was a, a match brawl like, like that. Certainly not to that extent. You know, you might see a bit of pushing and shoving. And I think there is a certain amount of acceptance when it comes to that, isn't there? Because things kind of kind of tend to boil over a little bit and there might be a little bit of kind of argy-bargy but when it gets to the stage like I said to Willie Quinlan there where you have a, a man putting his fingers in someone else's eyes yeah, that's, that's, that's totally different that's, yeah. oh yeah like you know that's the kind of thing that you might even get arrested for if you did that on the street so yeah well um, I, I didn't hear your full uh, interview with Willie because obviously myself and Anya was in the middle we were actually talking to Noel Murphy as well um, with the Pope Father we know you had Tommy on earlier on but and this is not defending Tiernan and Kelly either, but I think there's an awful lot of trial by media. I mean, we yeah. see what happened when went on with the the Orange Order stuff with um, oh, Michaela Hart um, and the stuff that went on online, which was disgraceful. Um, you know, nobody condones that and that's not for us to be broadcasting either. But there was a witch hunt then that went on about getting lads sacked out of their jobs yeah. for things and the whole lot was mm-hmm. going on and the same thing is actually I was going online and I was actually reading an awful lot of the comments and they're actually trying to find this poor fella to see where he's working etc to get him sacked from his yeah, job as I well don't, I don't agree with that and like even if you're watching it on the telly he looks like quite a young lad and yeah. not condoning what, what no 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 no. his, his actions was disgraceful it was absolutely disgraceful but I'm sure he's ashamed for mm. his life today and I'm sure all of his family and his extended family are very embarrassed and I'd say that's not not that that's punishment enough. The GAA needs to hand down sanctions as well. But I don't agree with people calling for him to lose his job. No, this witch hunt like that's going around. Now, luckily enough, there's not too much of it that goes on at Camogie yeah. level. No. Um, but the same thing happened uh, a couple of years ago, like when Hannah and Colette had the uh, the spat uh, at the handshake in the, the All-Ireland final, like where there was a bit of argy-bargy mm-hmm. and pushing that was going on. And I mean, the abuse that was given to the player as well. And yeah. I mean, it was predominantly too Hannah that went out from Cork because they seemed to all put their attention onto her um, mm. I mean we yeah. have to remember these are amateur players going out they have jobs they're in college they're students whatever mm-hmm. like the professional players okay they have lads in the background dealing with all that kind of stuff yeah. but an amateur mm-hmm. player involved in GEA ladies football camogie should not have to put up with that amount of abuse no matter what was done no. Yeah, and and I think as well, like you'd have these fellas and girls talking online about, you know, sack him from his job. And then you'd see another tweet from them two weeks later saying, hashtag be kind and mental health advocates. Yeah. You know, yeah. like the irony is is fairly um, laughable. But but look, that's not to take away from what happened yesterday. It's no, really no. disgraceful. No. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to await, I suppose, what's going to happen with that. In fairness, I have to say that the discipline procedures in the Camogie with the THDC committee, as they are known in Camogie circles, like are pretty rigid and it's very rare um, that you get a red card rescinded mm-hmm. if everything is proper and the reports are all right and there's no technicalities or what on it. Like, mm-hmm. It's very, very rare that anything happens. But getting back to the action on the field, uh, as you said, we have a big game coming on um, and we're delighted Sinead has joined us because she is uh, a Wexford woman. Um, they're still in the hunt 
hunt for a quarter final spot in Group 1. So when she's here now, we're going to put her to the test because Paul is away. So we're going to put Sinead on the spot here with us this evening and see how she's going to call uh, the games. So I'm going to put you in orange as normal and I'm going to put Sinead in blue this evening. So the first game up we have in Group 1. Obviously Cork is at the top of the table at the minute and they are through whatever happens with 12 points. Waterford and Dublin um, at the minute uh, because Dublin... Oh wait now, that's wrong. Uh, Waterford is definitely in second spot but Dublin and Tipperary drew, if I'm right. Actually, this is going to be an interesting one for you now because they drew so the head-to-head doesn't come into play and their level on points difference which is minus five. So uh, I don't know how they would determine that if that was to be the case. But anyway, uh, currently as it stands, Cork are true. Waterford, Dublin, uh, Tipperary and Wexford are still all in the hunt for uh, second and third place. And Cork are playing Tipperary at the weekend, Sinead. So I'm going to start with you for a change this evening. Um, How do you see this one going? Uh, Cork and Tipperary? Yes. Um, I'd say you probably have to fancy Cork for that one. Well, only thought that about Tipperary because we 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 had Tipperary all along. In we we had like I mean yeah. we had put them up on the pedestal as probably the fourth best team in the country at the minute. Uh, we had the top three: Cork, Kilkenny, and Galway up there. Everyone else was fighting then to go back up to it. Um, but Tipperary really did disappoint this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Um, and then they came out the the last day and uh, sorry to say this Sinead looking has just yeah. shattered all our uh, hopes and expectations and put everything to the the wrong way um, yeah. and made put us made us look made like right idiots all together yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah so you're picking Cork on that one I'd probably pick Cork on that one yeah okay Mrs. Co-host. Do you know what? I think this one's going to be interesting. You're looking at Cork. They're well and truly qualified at this stage. Tipperary have all to play for here. Like if Tipperary get a win, that's going to give them three points there. They're going to move to second place on the table um, at that moment in time. And I think Tipperary really have... a they have so much to play for they've probably got more to play for than Cork have. In saying that, I think Cork... Are prob- they're, listen, they're not going to want to go into an All-Ireland semi-final with a loss in their last game. Um, I think Cork will probably win it, but I think Tipperary are going to put up a massive, massive performance to them. OK, the second Cork. game in Group 1 is Clare and Waterford. So this could be an interesting one. Clare's at the bottom of the table at the minute. Waterford, as we said, currently in second spot. It is going to be, I think, in Cusick Park in Ennis or Six Mile Bridge, depending. So how do we see this one going? Anya. Oh God, I think it's going to be Washford. I think Washford are just doing so, so well um, in the championship this, this so far. And I think, like to be honest with you, yeah, even though they're sitting in second place there, they do need another victory. But they do need another victory there just to make sure that they instill their place into an All-Ireland quarter-final. Um, Clare, unfortunately, just haven't been, they haven't been a force to reckon with so far this year. But in saying that, you know, that group is so, so tight yep. that it is literally coming down to the last game. Like, yeah, OK, they've got two points there. If they get a win, they go to five, which will put them even with Dublin and Tipperary. So then this head-to-head and score <laughs> yeah. difference could all come into it. But to be honest with you, I do think Washford, I think Washford will just have enough there to get over the line. OK, I'm not going to ask Sinead to predict a winner in this one, but we will move on to a big one that she's going to have a close eye on at the weekend, and that's Wexford and Dublin. Um, and as we said already, they have uh, they have a foothold still there, Sinead, um, and you'd know a lot of the, the players down in Wexford, um, and I think today Aidan Tatton is the, the manager down there, so he's doing great work like this time 
can you see Wexford beating Dublin? Yeah, like you'd like to think that um, they, they would be able to kind of uh, beat the dubs. Um, there is a lot of kind of good work happening down in Wexford at the moment and you would like to see the, the Wexford Camogie team of old kind of return to their, their glory days. Um, but yeah, they need to secure this win definitely over, over Dublin. Um, I know that Anya was mentioned there about the uh, points difference. It's a it's a funny one, isn't it? It's it like is. you actually have to go out and annihilate a it's team. A mo- it's a minefield. At yeah. the, we were just and, looking and at it. To have to do that, but like that's that's what it comes down to. But that's the, the reality. That's the reality mm, yeah. of it because yeah. it, it often does come down to, to points. Difference. Well, I mean, it's easy enough to determine um, as per the the rules and the guidelines come out. If there's two points equal, uh, or two teams equal on points at the minute, um, it goes on the head to head, and the head to head will obviously decide. That's not going to work in Group One, obviously, because Cork is ahead, and it you know they're through one way or another to the semi final. They can't be caught, but it does work when you come to the likes of. Waterford and Dublin now if Waterford win their game they're definitely guaranteed a quarterfinal spot and to be in as number two and they will play team three then from group two so really at the minute it's a fight between Wexford uh, Tipperary and Dublin from what we can see then to go into round three but there is a possibility um, in the other uh, groups not with ours but the intermediates that you could have three teams on level points yeah. when we get to it later on and that's going to be a complete nightmare yeah. and if everyone ends up on the same points difference uh, you know that that could really put the, the cat among the pigeons but um, yeah so Sinead is going for Wexford she's hoping they're going to get to a quarter final spot quarter finals are going to be played in FBD Semper Stadium this year so it'll be great Anya do you agree with Sinead or are you back in the dubs <laughs> I can't look even me. look at she her look like I actually can't even look at her because I'm going to go for Dublin on this <laughs> <laughs> and okay, I'm so Anya. sorry we're still friends <laughs> no I just I think um I, I, I know it's a home venue for Wexford and I think that'll obviously prove to be a massive advantage to them as well but um, I just think like I feel like I've been just blowing Dublin up throughout the championship even though I completely wrote them off earlier on and I do think to be fair to Dublin I do think they do deserve to get to an All-Ireland quarterfinal And I know Sinead is trying to get out now because I know she has a lot of work to do on her uh, her own podcast for later on to get everything sorted out so the big one in Group 2 we're going to talk about it first to get your opinions on it Kilkenny and Galway uh, at the weekend it's a huge game for both teams I know yourself and Anya was discussing it uh, inside earlier on as well and Anya was saying to you that it depends where both teams are they'd like to see it because let's be fair uh, they really haven't got a test yeah. so far in it yeah. um, so Brian and Cahill will be looking to see at this early stage in the season where their own chargers are with it so, yeah, how I, do you think it's going to go? I, I really think that Kilkenny are going to win this game. And um, I know I was discussing with Anya earlier on as well. They do seem to be in a good place psychologically too. Everything kind yeah. of just seems to be clicking for them. They're playing really well as a team. They're using the space. They're being very resourceful. Uh, they're taking their scores. And I said to Anya as well, I love her phrase, don't hit and hope. I'm um, And they don't do that. They were, she said that yesterday on the, on the, yeah, on the commentary. Yeah. And they just... And 
I, I'm coaching an under 14 team down at home at the moment and that's you what I'm that trying to You kept that one quite yeah, did I not tell you no, that? No, you didn't. Monagir Boulevard, I'll give them a shout out. Uh, that's my club down in, in Monagir, um, down Wexford. But yeah, that's something that we're actually trying to instill in them at the moment is like, you know, be strategic when you're hitting the ball. Sometimes at that age level, they kind of just, they think they've done, done their job once they hit it. But uh, I just think with Kilkenny now, just everything seems to be, you know, um, like go, kind of fitting into place mm. nicely for them. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of, they found their groove and, and I do think that they're going to get the win next weekend fingers do you, crossed Do you agree Anya? Do you know what I actually do but I think it's going to be definitely going to be the game of the weekend I think it's going to be I, I think if let's be honest with you everybody outside Kilkenny is going to obviously be putting it down to a Galway victory mm-hmm. and anybody in Kilkenny is obviously going to be going for Kilkenny um, I think Kilkenny as Sinead has said they're coming right at the right time and I think everybody everything is going well for them and I think really doubting deep down like this is the game that Kilkenny have been focused on they, they, they need to know where they are they were clearly very disappointed after you know being knocked out in an All-Ireland semi-final last year and you know there is that rivalry and that history there between Kilkenny but there's that mutual respect or with Galway but there's that mutual respect as well um, Plus I think- the fact the last time that the two teams <laughs> met that this was kind of the scenario that whoever won was going to qualify out of the group now albeit the game was earlier Yeah. Um, and Kilkenny actually went to that game and beat uh, Galway in, in Athenryda that day because yeah. Andowney was the manager at that stage nobody gave Kilkenny a chance either when they yeah. were going to Athenroy so the precedent has been set we're assuming it's going to be in Athenroy by the way but Kilkenny are not going to fear Galway on their home patch No and you know what I don't think Kilkenny have a need to fear anybody I think if it's anything I think there's all the pressures on Galway and I think Galway are going to have to fear Kilkenny in relation to this because they're the ones that have the pressure on them they have the tag of being the All-Ireland champions on it whereas Kilkenny have nothing to lose both teams are qualified but this is going to be more so for the bragging rights I think yeah. at the end of the day mm. uh, but I would think that Kilkenny will be super focused on this game and I, th- I think they will come out with a win I think it'll be a very tight game and um, there'll only be a point or two either side of it Sinead do you think it's a blessing that a team goes straight through out of a group into a semi-final uh, is it more of a hindrance to a team or you're a manager now so I don't know what way the structure is in Wexford but if you had a choice of playing in a quarter-final and having games consistently being played or have a three or four week break then yeah. to a semi-final which would you rather have? It's an interesting one and it's something myself and Anya touched on there earlier on on the show as well about whether you're better off to just go directly to a semi-final or to go through the qualifier route or you know to be to be playing in a, in a quarter-final um, I don't know part of me thinks that maybe it is better to get the kind of competitive action and, and be playing in a quarter-final uh, but it depends how used you are to that route like if you're looking at kind of the um, the hurling team like they're playing next weekend now they're they're in the semi-final they've had a four week break but they're like Kilkenny are well used to utilising those four weeks mm. if you're not it might be a different story same with Camogie do you know so it really depends I think doesn't it how used you are to um, utilising that time so I, I, I don't know it's an interesting question I, I, I actually don't know which would I choose probably choose to be in a semi Final, yeah, because in that time you can only have so many challenge matches. Like, there's not really many teams out there that you could probably get a challenge game for to keep the sharpness and keep your eye focused. Mm. Um, I mean, you can have all the in house games that you want, but you can't beat real competitive match, you, you know, games. So, I mean, yeah. the teams that's going to be left, uh, that could be gone in it. Um, 
you know, you're not really, and no disrespect to him, you're not really going to be looking for a challenge game uh, against any of them before you go into possibly a semi-final. So there's a lot of pros, but there's a lot of cons to it as well. Yeah, I think there is. And I suppose for the likes of Kilkenny, Cork and Galway, you know, they will all be looking to go route one to get to an All-Ireland final. It's probably, and again, I'm not trying to be critical, the, the set, the chasing pack those teams will be probably relishing the fact that they will want a, a quarter final game if they were to make it to an All-Ireland semi-final it's given them that more of a competitive edge and they probably need to learn a lot more and tweak a lot more things going into an All-Ireland semi-final um, I think for you know for Kilkenny as well at the moment you know the rumour of a couple of injuries the, the semi-final might actually do them the world good and it will allow them it to could get give them an extra back. bit of time yeah yeah, give them that extra bit of time but listen I'm sure Galway and Cork are going to be in the same situation they're going to want to, to rest the girls as well because as we mentioned earlier on it's been such a heavy load over the last couple of weeks that you want girls to be fresh coming all out in a semi-final and that extra bit of time that they'd have to relax and you know prepare themselves for it would be a benefit to anybody as well yeah, exactly and psychologically to have that rest too yeah. is important as well yeah. not just physically like it you know, you need to rest the body too, but just to even give your mind a bit of headspace as mm. well. Do you know, I think that break is important. It certainly is. Well, we are delighted that you actually uh, came in to have a chat with us here on the podcast. Hopefully, it won't be your first and last time in with us because yeah, we'd no, love I'll to get uh, into you again. Thanks very much for having me. And Anya, when we get to the club championships now, we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on the Wexford Under 14 Championships yeah. with Mona Gear Bull of and giving updates uh, every week now to find out how the boss woman here is getting on with her coaching <laughs> down there as yeah. well. But uh, Sinead, we'll let you get back to your Thanks own duties much. and thank Thanks you very much for coming into us. Anya, we still have a bit of business to do. Uh, Down and Offaly is next um, as Sinead runs out the door there. Uh, It's not going to be uh, an easy one. I heard some of the Offaly players actually speaking coming out of the changing rooms last week and they said they played better against Kilkenny at the weekend than they even did against Limerick. Um, How do you see him playing against Down? I think this is going to be a very tough one for Offaly. Um, I think the fact that they have to go up to down, you know, it's not an easy place to go. We've seen that Kilkenny, you know, went up there as well and it wasn't it wasn't overly easy for them either. I would be fancying down to come out in this one. I just think Offaly, even watching them at the weekend, do you know what? Like their second half performance was a lot better than their first half performance. And to be fair, like, you know, in the second half they scored, what, 1-6, Kilkenny scored 2-4. So, you know, they're definitely, their second half performances are a lot better. Now they did make an awful lot of changes I found as well whether you know Susan Erner was giving girls a bit of a run out or whatever the case may be and Marie Teen did look like she got a bit of a nasty be- she did, nasty yeah. kind of a fall or a belt or whatever it was and she kind of every time she went to the ground she seemed to be holding her shoulders so you know you'd hope that she's not going to be a loss this weekend because you know realistically this is a relegation battle here for both Down and Offaly Offaly having the slight advantage of the fact that it is a home venue for them and that they do have a point on the board already but Down, literally they have to go to Down actually yeah, awfully have to go to down. Yeah, yeah, awfully have to go to down. So that's the advantage that down have. We'll say. Oh, sorry, I thought um, said awfully. Yeah, that's, at home. and yeah. they have down have one point at the moment. So like everything is kind of tipping on their scale. But you know that's only from a draw match that they had against Antrim. I think it was. So listen, if awfully can get a win, they'll avoid it. But you know, I. I I would have the fear I do think that Down are going to come out in the victory in that Yeah and as we said it is very very tight that uh, Kilkenny and Galway definitely drew already to a quarter final spot one of them will have the bragging rights to the semi-final the other game in that then for the other uh, quarter final berth is coming down to Limerick and Antrim and wouldn't you know the two teams are playing one another at the weekend as well it's a home game for Antrim 
but Limerick has been on the ascendancy with the last couple of games so do you think that Antrim will come away with this one or will Limerick travel well and beat Antrim on their home turf? Oh, this is so hard. I feel like Antrim started off the the championship campaign so well. Um, but to be honest with you, okay, I we we all knew that Galway were probably going to beat them at the weekend anyway. But I honestly expect them to have a better. I expected Antrim to have a better scoreline than they actually raked up. Um, I do think though this is a massive task for Limerick. Um, the fact that they have to travel to Antrim as well, and Antrim knowing that they are literally sixty minutes away from qualifying for an All Ireland an All-Ireland quarter-final you know in their first year back up I think that'll be, be more a phenomenal of a, achievement yeah, for them I think that'll be more of a boost to them um, so I'm going to give the nod to Antrim on that one but by the tightest of margins I think the mar- mar- narrowest of margins I should say we're moving away from the senior to moving on to the intermediate Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Championship that had ups downs a few shocks um, you could say on you uh, along the way I suppose we might as well get it out of the way first of all Kilkenny and Wexford Wexford's uh, junior team came up and won the Premier Junior last year came up to intermediate level was doing pretty okay um, in certain games but they certainly put it up to Kilkenny at the weekend and came away with a six point victory and has now put them right in the hunt for a quarter final spot yeah they certainly have and I suppose kind of looking at the table as it stands now um, I know online it is we are saying it is incorrect because it is going to go on head to head Wexford will actually qualify and Kilkenny will be knocked out of the out of the championship and I suppose listens for Kilkenny that's not ideally a situation that they wanted to see themselves in and you know, it's a very, very disappointing result for Kilkenny and I think I think the lads and I think the girls themselves will be bitterly disappointed. It it just means now that they're after putting themselves under an enormous amount of pressure this weekend and going to play Meath in Meath, who Meath, on the other hand, right, they're potentially either fighting relegation or they're going to be qualifying for an All Ireland quarter final as well. So this game, it's not as if it's a game for Leash where it's or for a game for sorry Mead that it's just oh listen we're we're finished the year is done mm-hmm. you know they have something to play for here and it's either relegation or an All Ireland quarter final and you know that's going to be it that's going to be a tough one for, that's going to be a tough one for Kilkenny. Um, I suppose just kind of listening back to a few reports um, from the from the game, um, Wexford were certainly the better team on the day. Um, you know, Kilkenny were obviously missing the likes of uh, Roisin Phelan and Sinead O'Keefe as well was missing too. So, you know, two big miss, two big, you know, disadvantages for Kilkenny to have to go in knowing that they're two backs who have been so, so precise and so clinical all year for them and have really kind of been leaders for that Kilkenny team Um, you know I don't think things were going too well for them Um, I think you know the goals that Kilkenny may have got were a bit of luck was attached to them but again as we always say we'll take the rub of the green when it comes and you know we're very lucky to get that Um, but yeah I think Kilkenny would be very very disappointed with the result on that because we know that they are in a a state of a certain transition like I mean they have missed a a couple of players there's a couple after being brought up to the senior team that played in games so they can't be brought back now down Mm -hmm. to play intermediate but there's still a a cohort of girls there like that's capable and has the capabilities and the qualities to get to a minimum of a quarter final at least out of the group stages but as you said the result of the weekend certainly puts them now in a spot of bother we currently make it that Derry is on top because they beat Cork so yep. um, on the head to head scenario 
Derry is ahead Cork is in second place Kilkenny uh, uh, Wexford is in third and Kilkenny is in fourth spot then um, with six points so the results uh, over the weekend as well I mean Meath and Kildare um, we both went for Kildare on this one and Meath really uh, shook it up whether mm-hmm. Kildare was listening uh, or thinking that they might have been going or whether Meath was listening to us last week uh, or whatever way it was it was a 10 point victory for Meath and as you said that now pushes Meath potentially up into uh, a spot um, with Derry as we said beating Cork in the other game uh, by 116-3-7 it leaves the scenario that if Meath beat Kilkenny in their game at the weekend and if Wexford lose to Derry Derry will qualify uh, oh Cork and Kildare is the other one then um, so if if Cork uh, if Cork uh, Wexford and Meath win no if Cork Derry and Meath win sorry yeah Cork Derry and Meath it will put Derry and Cork through uh, and we make it that Derry would top it because of the head to head Cork would go into second place mm-hmm. but Kilkenny and Wexford and Meath would then have six points each and it would all come down to scoring difference in that game. Currently, Kilkenny has the better scoring difference at the minute by, uh, what, 19 points to Wexford and 10 points to Meath. Um, but that will all be irrelevant um, if Kilkenny can go and beat Meath at the weekend. Yeah, and I think, listen, I suppose realistically that's what Kilkenny really need to focus on for this weekend. Um, I think they're just going to have to put aside, you know, what way the tables are going to go and, you know, the hope of having any other results go to go their way. Um, they have a massive game against Meath. Meath are coming into the game with a victory over Kildare, so they're obviously going to be confident in that, whereas Kilkenny they're going to have their backs up now but when they have their backs up now and they're being treated as underdogs that's when they're going to come out and that's when they're going to be most aggressive and that's what they're going to exactly, do which and I happened, think that's important Yeah which happened with the Cork game they yeah. were very very poor went out the following week then and beat Jerry at home Yeah exactly and I think do you know what we were kind of hoping that you know they'd beat Wexford and then they would kind of you know put themselves in a very comfortable position that they could then potentially like you know have themselves more or less qualified but now they really are they're going down to the wire and like a lot of the other games it is going down to the wire who's going to get through you just you can't you can you physically cannot call it there and really you don't want to be leaving results in other people's hands to be qualifying either Kilkenny need to beat Mead and Derry need to beat Wexford in order for Kilkenny to go through and that's Correct. about the size of it yep. and Kilkenny can only concentrate on their own game they have to be fully focused on it they have 60 minutes of hurling to play and they have to play like it's the last game they're ever going to play and like their lives depended on it and they are fully capable of doing it they have a great panel they have some fantastic young hurlers in there you know they've been aided back with some of the girls that have just come back from doing their leaving cert they just need to get their confidence back up get their mojo going again and really just start believing in themselves and I think that could be a little bit of the problem they've had such kind of a mixed mixed games throughout the whole championship you know out they win they lose they win they lose and they just can't seem to get to grips of it and I you know I suppose the injury is as well probably hasn't helped the situation but you know they're still there they've 60 minutes and by God can Kilkenny do that and they can certainly get to an All-Ireland quarter final OK so you're calling it Kilkenny to beat Meath yeah 
Okay, Wexford and Derry. Now, it's an away game for Derry, so they have to travel to Wexford. We must point out, too, that all these games, because of all of the permutations and calculations and everything that's going on, will all start almost at the same time, depending on whether there's going to be a double header in the venue or not, to give each team the fairest possible solution so that a game's not on at 2 o'clock and you have to go out and play a game at 4 o'clock that a team has to beat another team between 23 points or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So... It's going to be close, but how do you see Wexford and Derry going? Do you know what? <laughs> I, I need I need Derry to win, but I've said this before, Derry don't travel well, and that's my biggest fear with Derry having to travel down to Wexford. Um, you know, th- there is probably a situation there that, uh, there is probably a situation there that Derry still need to, still need to get a victory behind them there as well. Um, I would hope that, I would hope that Derry... Derry will pull it out of the bag for Kilkenny's sake. That's so I'm I'm going for Derry. Okay, just I'd say by the, your talks there by the narrowest of uh, Very narrow, of margins yeah. in that one. Um, Cork and Kildare then. Um, I suppose if you look at it, I mean Kildare and Meath is in a, another scenario as well. That if Meath beat Kilkenny, they're definitely after taking themselves out of the uh, the relegation spot. If Kildare beat Cork, it could put potentially. Kilkenny in a relegation spot if you look at the table on that one then as well and that would just be a disaster that's not going to happen that's definitely not going to happen Cork are going to come out in victory at that there Kildare travelling to Cork I could see your face the minute yeah. I said that but the possibility is still yeah. there unfortunately Possibly, yeah unfortunately there is a possibility of it there uh, but no that's 100% not going to happen our dear dear friends in Cork are going to do us a favour and they're going to beat Kildare in that one to be fair to Cork I think they'll be very very disappointed with the result up in Derry it was always going to be a hard task for any team to travel to Derry and like to be fair like Cork, Derry, completely opposite ends of the country. Yep. What a nightmare of a journey to have to do. I, I would imagine that Cork did travel up the night before because the game was on at one o'clock, which I found was a little bit early as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, I'm sure it probably had to do with, you know, football or whatever, you know, maybe they both teams had both teams had agreed on it. But and actually, I was talking to Mary Newman earlier on and I meant to actually uh, ask her that question. No, yeah. they did travel the night before and I forgot all about it. I, I would assume that I, I would be definitely going for Cork in that. I couldn't see anybody, I couldn't see anybody coming out of that only okay. Cork so that's a victory for Kilkenny Derry and Cork and if that's the case it would put Kilkenny um, into the quarterfinal spot along with uh, Cork um, depending on it because if Derry win um, well then it, it all comes down to put on you there's so many permutations calculations yeah. and the whole lot on it we could be completely uh, off kilter and talking about something else here next Monday night which hopefully yeah. from a Kilkenny point of view that that's not going to be happening that it's going to be all positive but in group one then we obviously have Leash and Westmead going head to head in the first game there Leash currently at the foot of the table with no wins from four and Westmead are sitting comfortably in second place at the minute uh with three wins from four as well. So how do you see this going? Yeah, I think to be fair, uh, you know, it's going to be another, it's going to be a Westmead victory there. And, you know, they're kind of going to be looking at that game that, you know, they will be hoping to at least catch Galway, even though I think, to be fair, I think Galway, Galway are definitely qualified at this stage. But, you know... uh, a win for a win for Westmead could put them back at top of the table. I know the score difference is, is probably a little bit more overwhelming for the Galway part, but I think Westmead would be a little bit stronger, a little bit too strong for for Leash in that case. Well, that might come into being now with Galway being qualified because if Westmead win, 
Um, although when you look down through the fixtures then you have Galway and Kerry then mm-hmm. but stranger things have happened I mean if Kerry did somewhat beat Galway yeah. uh, by some miracle um, yeah. and it is possible because Kildare or Kerry are playing very very well uh, it may not put Galway through so Galway really have to go out and beat Kerry in that game yeah they do they certainly do and to be to be fair like I do think Galway will win it I just and I've spoken about, about this before like, like even if you look at their scores there they've scored nine goals and 80 points 8-0 yeah. 80 points yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they've only conceded 35 points it's crazy in the whole championship they have kept a clean sheet and that is the worrying thing I would not like to be going in against Galway in an All-Ireland semi-final I certainly really not I mean they were probably a bit unlucky last year that uh, Antrim uh, beat him in the semi-final mm-hmm. as well for you know so are they going for redemption maybe trying to get the two teams back to Crow Park on all Ireland final day we will just have to wait and see but the last game then in that group is our neighbours and it's one of the games that I have been at before and I have been assessing the poor referees trying to do it and the last time I was at Dublin and Carlo one can only say it was a dire affair um, to be fair and I don't like saying that lightly, but it was. But I mean, we've always said we like to see our neighbours in Carlow do well. They got the victory against Leash the, the last day, which was great for themselves. Gave them a small little bit of a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So do you think they can beat Dublin at the weekend? Yeah, I do. I think Carlo will beat Dublin this weekend. I think it'll be a very tight game. Um, but I do think, I think Carlo will have enough in the tank. Um, I think, you know, getting the victory last weekend when they needed to get it, I think that was hugely important for them. And I think they will push on from that. And, you know, they want to see out their year on a high, even though, you know, probably by their own standard, it hasn't been the best year for them. But I do think they will want to finish it on a high. And I have, I have no doubt, I think <coughs> Carlo will come out with that in a victory. And actually just checking the table there now, anyway, the three teams that is going to qualify out of it is Galway, Westmeath and Kerry because Westmeath and Kerry can't be touched mm-hmm. anyway so they're just fighting for positions, positions to know who's going to come where um, etc but because oh, they're probably looking at it sorry to no, interrupt okay. you there but they're probably looking at it now at the moment <coughs> if we're kind of looking at group two as it stands Derry are first Cork are second and at the moment Wexford are third like okay you would be looking at Galway and Derry going straight through to the semi-final and then potentially having Westmead Kerry so Westmead would probably pay Wexford it's the, as, second as it in, it's the second in group one versus the third in group two yeah so Westmead would play Wexford and Kerry would have to play Cork like oh, what the a monster Derby one are not going to like any of the teams no, that you're no. going to have to play in Group 2 because we've spoke about it so many times Group 2 is is the group of death and I mean let's be fair of all the championships that we've had mm-hmm. over the last number of years normally we said it last week the teams are out of sight yeah. the only one really out of sight at the minute is Cork when it comes to the senior this year and they're the only one definitely qualified for a semi-final yeah. the rest of the competition is wide open when it comes to it like it's probably one of the best championships that we've had so far it certainly is and I suppose like we'll go back to it that we've been always speaking about the chasing pack here and the chasing pack there yes okay we still see the divide but when you're looking at the tables and you're looking at a lot of the results it's great to see that it is going to come down to the final few games and that we're not like that we're not just sitting here going oh sure listen it's going to be Galway, Kilkenny, Cork and Dublin or whoever Wexford in in an All-Ireland semi-final you actually physically don't know who it's going to be and it's great to see and I suppose 
you know, regardless of the chasing packs in both groups, the other teams are having their own battle themselves and they're trying to, you know, you know, go one step further and, you know, once they get out of the group, anything can happen at all. I suppose two bits of news that came out of the Camogie Association um, during the week was one, the semi-finals are going to be played at the intermediate level in Nolan Park, mm-hmm. UPMC Nolan Park on the 23rd. Which brings up another debate on this because uh, it's the very same day as the senior semi-finals are on in Crow Park. Like, I mean, I don't know who makes these fixtures and I don't like making bad press or whatever for anybody. But like, how in God's name can you expect fans? Um, I mean, you take it, right? Galway could be in either of them. They could be in the senior semi-final, they could be in the intermediate semi-final. Mm. And the intermediates are going to be playing in Kilkenny and the seniors are going to be playing in Crow Park. And you're going to be splitting the the spectators. You know, yeah. you're going to be who's going to go where. You could be splitting families straight down the middle of mm-hmm. who's going to go and see this daughter, or maybe the cousin is playing with the seniors, or mm-hmm. whatever. And it certainly don't make sense. Why not play the senior semi-finals as they're going to be televised on the Saturday, and play the intermediate semi-finals on the Sunday? On the Sunday? It just makes more sense. It's absolute ludicrous, to be honest with you. And again, I'm sorry. I know we keep on saying it. We don't want to be running down anybody, and everybody's doing their own hard work. But that is the biggest farce of a decision that anybody could ever come across. How does that go about promoting Camogie? How are we talking about getting bums on seats when we're splitting up an intermediate and a senior all in a semi-final, putting them on Correct. the same day, potentially at the same times? Like, how can you even, like, tune in to watch them on television, watch the senior ones on television when, you know, you're potentially going to be trying to go to an intermediate one in Kilkenny? It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Again, not promoting themselves not promoting themselves correctly okay I understand I know they're probably going to turn around and throw back at you and say like well sure we couldn't get a stadium for this day and there's hurling matches going on this day it doesn't make a difference if you really wanted to do it you'd do it right and it's just not being done and it's actually infuriating I'm actually so so annoyed over that decision that's like I want to go to I want to go to an intermediate All-Ireland semi-final but I want to go to a senior All-Ireland semi-final so now I have to choose yeah. so that's one less person that's going to be at one and then they'll come but it's out not, it's like that it's the bums and the seats yeah. right but people elderly people that might not travel to games or mm-hmm. whatever might like to listen into it on the radio or whatever right but I mean you're splitting the radio force and the median force as yep. well because obviously the television is going to be broadcasting the semi-finals for the seniors which is great yeah. but I mean you still have the radio radio uh, stations that go along and they broadcast the Camogie games when they get to the knockout stages or whatever. Yeah. So the same, I mean, it, it could be a scenario where KCLR could be involved in it. Mm-hmm. Galway Bay FM could be involved in it. Yeah. Um, you know, you have others. Okay, RT is a, a big place that they have the staff and the whole lot and equipment that they can go to two different places mm-hmm. and give reports or whatever in it. But like, it, it is ludicrous that you're having the spectators the media anybody that wants to try and go to games yeah and I mean there could be four fantastic games like but you then as you said have to choose which ones are you going to go to see mm-hmm. but it's like it, you know what it's not even like it's it's so unfair on the players themselves as well like because I can guarantee you the majority of senior inter-county players whether regardless of whether it's their own county that are in it and probably nine times out of ten there probably will be their county will be more or less in an All-Ireland intermediate semi-final and in an All-Ireland senior semi-final they're going to want to go and support them like you're making a decision you're not promoting the game correctly you're making up all this you're, you're constantly going out and giving out that you know we don't get promotion here we're not getting promotion here but then you go off and you organise to have the two 
biggest, the second biggest calendar day of the year for Camogie at intermediate and at senior level. Have them on the same day and probably at the same time. It's not right. And then you're going to turn around. You're going to crib that not enough people came to the match and that there's more spectators going to watch ladies Gaelic football and just more spectators going to watch other women's sports. But you're not helping yourself. That is. Like, I'm just so glad you only told me that now because if I had all day to think about that, I could write an essay on it because it's absolutely, that is criminal. That is an, that is a criminal act to be doing something like that. It's terrible. It's a terrible decision from whoever came up with it. They clearly have no interest in promoting Camogie if that's the way they're going to do it. Yeah, surely, and I'm sorry and I don't care who gives out to me about that. Surely the fixtures planners can come up with something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that fixtures congestion. There's no point in saying different. But I mean, as you said, you want to promote the sport. There's no point in promoting a sport if you're trying to make people choose where they're going to try and go if all the games are on at the same time. And as you said, the senior is the pinnacle of everyone is going to be wanting to go to Crow Park to watch them. But the people that are involved with the intermediate semi-finals as well, whoever they are going to be, is also going to watch to watch the senior semi-finals, but they have to choose then because their own counties are going to be involved then in an intermediate semi-final. Or spectators might be wanting to go and watch cousins or whatever um, as well in it. So, yeah, just a, a bit of a badness. Uh, I won't no. I won't say badness. It's just a, a bit of bad publicity that they could do without when it comes to but, stuff like that. But let's be realistic, okay? Right. And I'm not saying this is going to be the pairings in the intermediates at the moment, but it potentially could be the pairings. You're going to have Galway in both an intermediate and a senior semi-final. You could potentially have Cork in both an intermediate and senior semi-final. And you could potentially have Kilkenny in both an intermediate and senior semi-final. There is a crossover. We know there's a crossover on the Kilkenny team of um, sisters on an intermediate team and on a senior team. So straight away, there's a split there in the house because somebody will have to go watch Mary while the other person goes watches Kira. Like you know, it makes no sense. Like it's just, I just think it's absolutely, it's it's stupidity, nonsense. There's clearly not a a brain between them up there if that's what they're going to be doing sorry and I don't care who's going to come at me with a backlash on that that is that is disgraceful what they're after doing there the other strange decision that came out um, as well you know recently is in relation to the last set of programmes that we go and we watch that all of the management teams are named on the programme of who's involved with the counties and the whole lot and now the decision has been made that you have to pick four to put onto it like Where's the difference in naming six or seven people if they're involved in it and just naming four people involved in it? I, I don't know. I just don't get that one either. And I know by your face... <laughs> oh, I'm not I even think, commenting yeah, on it. Yeah, I think it's time to move Again, that one. No but surprise yeah. there. And somebody else in an office not knowing not knowing the effort that's put into camogie teams, not knowing the effort that's put into clubs and inter-county teams around the country, thinking that, you know, to, to save a bit of space, if, hey, listen, if it's all got to do with space, reduce the font size because that's absolutely ridiculous what is going on. That's really after making my blood boil now. It really is. And I do apologise for anybody that's listened to me going on around here, but you should, the, F, the time and effort that's put in by every single member of a management team in this country they're giving up their spare time they're leaving young families at home to go train a team three four nights a week I don't care if there's ten of them on a management team or if there's two of them on a management team they deserve to get this recognition they're literally they go they they drive the length and breadth of the 
not just the county but the country to watch games to scout players to see how other teams are going they do this they take up their own time to cross on Zoom calls meetings their phone bills are I'd say are gone off the Richter scale they're constantly going out there trying to trying to get stuff for the Kabogue teams be it a new bag of slishers cones food milk whatever the case may be to be told no, and I know some people might turn around going oh sure it's only a name it doesn't make a difference at the end of the day we all know it does matter it does matter they should be recognised just as much as everybody else and on that note I think we are going to say a, a fond farewell to Oh, I'm not going to say a fond farewell yet because we have one other bit of news. Oh, please um, be good. It is. It's great news. To finish good. off, it's great news. The Under-13 Academy oh, yes. was uh, started at the weekend and there was three sessions that was involved in it and 150 girls so far has turned up to the Under-13 Academy, which was great news. Um and it's probably been run very well by the development committee. We're having Paula here tonight. We thought we would get her in um, to discuss it. But it's going to run for a couple of weeks. There's going to be different coaches in doing different workshops with goalkeepers, backs, forwards, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, over a number of weeks. We know other counties have been doing this in the past as well. So it's great um, that Kilkenny is now doing it as well. And to have 150 girls wanting to play for your county potentially at under 14 level etc um, is brilliant and it's fantastic so yeah well done to Paula and all of the, the coaches and all the club coaches that have been invited in to help out and to see how things are going so it's not only promoting the county but it's also promoting the club coach and progressing and, them and um, bringing in ex- in exclusive bringing in exclusion for everybody <coughs> to partake in it and to promote the game well so it's been done at it's been done at county board levels it's been done at volunteer levels it's been done at club level to promote the game so I don't after that Martin I don't know we'll end end it on that one good promotion all around on that well I nearly turned myself off on that one that has been uh, an interesting uh, 22nd episode of Come On Kind here from the KCLR studios my thanks as always to everybody who helps out to Anya here every week by my side and giving me all the information and ranting away when we have to etc um, but we can see that she is a passionate lady and loves her sport of camogie and when things don't go right she's not going to hold back and she is going to let fly I can tell you that much um, to Lillian as always on production to our special guest Sinead Kyo for coming in and joining us tonight but especially to you the listeners uh, out there wherever you may be in the world listening away oh I saw it earlier on we have to give Kira Holden mention because I know you were out in Australia recently as well she was named uh, whatever way it is in New South Wales with the best player for the Camogie finals best on the ground yeah that's it uh, for the Camogie and she also got the player I think of the tournament in the ladies football oh brilliant and also we need to give a special shout out to um, to Mr Crowley down in Moonkine I eventually oh, John. got my bag of spuds which <laughs> is great to see so um, I'll winter well anyway over the next well couple actually now to talk, talk about that John Crowley came to me after the game in fairness to him because Anya was saying well I better get a bag of spuds off John Crowley now and all the promotion that we're doing and giving him G ups and naming him the whole lot well he came to me with a bag of spuds for Anya um, after the game in Nolan Park at the weekend and he also had a text from Kelly Herring him oh, as well good. which told him the next time he was in Dublin he better bring another bag of spuds with him as well <laughs> so she obviously enjoyed the spuds as well but that is all from the KCLR studios here with us this evening don't forget to get the podcast wherever you normally get your podcast it will be available through scoreline.ie and on the KCLR 96 FM app but that is it from us this evening good night thanks bye
This is Come On Kind with Martin Cloty and Onya Fahey. 